Well, good evening, Kairos. How are we doing? Yes, we got a couple of people fired up. Uh, I am so glad to see you. I miss you. Um, I, I was bored on Tuesday nights without you. And uh, I am so glad to see us kicking off a brand new year of ministry. My name is Mike. If you haven't met me, I'm the, pa- uh, the Kairos pastor. And I am so glad uh, to see you here tonight. Some of you, it's your very first time at Kairos. And I just want to tell you that this moment is an important one for you to lean in on. I think God wants to do something really special in your life this year. And I think one of the ways that you can really lean into that is to be a part of this community. I believe that this ministry has a chance to change your life because I see it happen over and over again. And I believe that God wants to use you. He wants to use you in this ministry and he wants to use this ministry in you. And so I can't wait to see, again, what God's going to do in you this year. Uh, If you got a copy of the scriptures, why don't you turn with me to Joshua chapter 1. That's where we're going to be camping out today. Um, And as you guys are turning there, I'm just going to tell you a quick story. So when I grew up in Colombia, I know some of you guys don't know my story, but I grew up in Bogota, Colombia, South America. I felt like a fraud because I didn't live near a jungle, okay? So many of us, when we think about South America, what do you think of? You think about jungles, right? You think it's hot, it's tropical. Bogota, where I grew up, is 8,600 feet above sea level, which means it's higher than Denver. It's almost twice as high as Denver, and it's cold there. So whenever people would come visit us, they'd like just be disappointed. They'd be like, man, it's cold and rainy all the time. And so one year, my family decided that we were actually going to go see the jungle. So we went over Christmas to a place called Leticia, and it was like so deep inside the jungle that the nearest road out was 400 miles away. The only road that people used in that town was the Amazon River itself. And so every day we'd go out into the jungle on the river. I actually have a picture for you right here. This is me and my family. This is my brother, Alan. Uh, some of our friends. My family's not that big. It was another family, another American family with us. I have no idea why I'm throwing a gang sign up. I, I don't even know what that is. It was like, I think I was going through a phase in my 20s where I thought doing this in pictures was cool. Uh, and one thing I want to just point out, this is a very small boat. It's a wooden boat. Uh, and the river behind you looks brown because it is. The Amazon River looks like milk chocolate. It's completely opaque. Uh, And as we would go out during the day, one day we went up to a small village uh, in the middle of nowhere, and our guide named Guatachi had a bright idea. He said, you know what I think you guys should do? I think you guys should swim in this lake. Now, the lake wasn't milk chocolate like the river. It was actually completely dark. It was black water. You couldn't see anything in it. He said, listen... What's so cool is that if you jump in the water, you're going to be able to swim with piranhas. That doesn't sound very cool to me, right? Uh, I had piranhas as a pet when I was growing up. My parents, for some reason, at Christmas, gave us piranhas, and they lived in their own little tank, and we would feed them other fish. Y'all, piranhas eat things, living things. This is a picture of a piranha. Uh, It doesn't have its mouth open, but it has very large teeth. They're very sharp. In fact, natives in the jungle shave with their teeth. 
And uh, if you guys watch movies about piranhas, you know that they take down like even large animals. But our guide told us a secret. This is what he said. He said, they will not bite you unless you're bleeding. And so we're like, okay, let's try it. And so we muscled up all the courage that we had. And because we had a community of us, my brother, my friend Sam, and I, we had community together. We said, we're going to jump into the water. And so on the count of three, we were like, one, two, three. We jumped into the water, swam around, got back in the boat, and fished in the same spot that we were swimming and pulled in piranhas this big. Now, you guys are thinking, Mike, you're not very smart for doing that. You're right. I can't believe that I did it. But the thing that allowed me to go do that was, was the wisdom of our guide and the courage that we found in our friends. That allowed us to take a step into the unknown and live a life that wasn't just playing it safe anymore, but living the life that was filled with adventure and courage. And that's what I want for you this year. I want you to live a life marked by courage because you have community. And we're going to see Joshua go through that in our text tonight. Uh, if you look with me in Joshua 1, we're going to look at verse 7. Joshua 1 verse 7, it says this. Above all, this is God speaking to Joshua. Above all, be strong and very courageous to observe carefully the whole instruction my servant Moses commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left so that you will have success wherever you go. This book of instruction must not depart from your mouth. You are to meditate on it day and night so that you may carefully observe everything written in it for then you will prosper and succeed in whatever you do haven't i commanded you be strong and courageous do not be afraid or discouraged for the lord your god is with you wherever you go for some of you that's a life verse Joshua 1 9, be strong and courageous. Say it with me, strong and courageous. For some of you, you've memorized that verse. You may have a tattoo of that verse. Why? Because it's really easy to be weak and afraid, right? And yet, God says this word to Joshua because he's stepping into something new and he needs courage desperately. Same courage you and I need to step into this year. We need courage. We need to be strong and courageous. Now, Joshua's going through a very unique season. Um, he is taking over as the leader of the people of Israel. And they've never known another leader. In fact, before Moses became their leader, they were slaves in Egypt. They had never had freedom. Moses shows up, brings about God's salvation for them through the 10 plagues in Egypt, rescues them, brings them across the Red Sea by splitting it in half, and then brings them to the promised land. But he does not bring them finally into it because of the rebellion of the people, so they wander around in the wilderness for 40 years. And they'd never seen a leader quite like Moses. Moses brought them food from heaven. 
God allowed them to have manna where they could literally pick up this white substance off the ground and then eat it. God brought them water through Moses from rocks. Moses was a stud leader. And Joshua is so intimidated because God's asking him to do something that Moses could not do. To bring them into the promised land. And he's feeling the weight of the world. I don't know if you've ever followed a legend. It's scary. Y'all, when I took over this role, I had people tell me, man, you've got big shoes to fill. And I couldn't tell whether that was Chris Brooks or Mike Glenn that they were talking about. But either one was intimidating because they're both great leaders and communicators. And so my natural reaction is to just bow up. I'm going to be strong and courageous. I'm going to try harder. I'm going to work harder at what I need to do so that I can be successful. But that's not what God was calling Joshua to do or what he's calling you to do. Being strong and courageous does not mean trying harder. It doesn't mean being more talented. It means something else completely. Look with me in the text. I want you guys to see what God says about what it means to be strong and courageous. If you look with me in verse 7, we miss this. Like, I've read this book my whole life. I've read this passage my whole life. I've never seen this before I prepared this message. Look with me about what God says. He says this, the first two words. He says, above all. So when God says above all, don't you think that's important, right? God says above all. And then look what he says next. He says, above all, be strong and very courageous to what? You guys see the word? Observe. Be very strong and courageous to observe carefully the whole instruction my servant Moses commanded you. God tells Joshua to be in the word. The way that he's going to be strong and courageous is if he commits to be in the word of God. God had commanded Moses to write down his law. The Ten Commandments, all 613 extra commandments explaining how to do those Ten Commandments. The history of God's faithfulness to his people. It's what we call the first five books of our Bible. Genesis, Exodus, Numbers, Leviticus, and Deuteronomy. God's telling Joshua to observe it. To be in the word. Why? Because Joshua needs wisdom. He needs a guide. He calls him to be in that word because then he will find success. In fact, if we continue to see the text, God says, This book of instruction must not depart from your mouth. You are to meditate on it day and night so that you may carefully observe everything written in it. For then you will prosper and succeed in whatever you do. The idea of meditation in the Bible is different than what many of us think about when we hear the word meditation. We've been influenced by Eastern mysticism far more than we know. Eastern mysticism, like yoga or the New Age, says you must empty your mind when you meditate, right? It means emptying your mind. Because then when you empty your mind, you can get close to God. But the biblical understanding of meditation, when the Bible says you're to meditate, it does not mean emptying your mind. It says that you should fill your mind. Fill it. 
You're to fill it with the words of God, to think about it, to, to treasure it in your heart. And God is telling you that he wants you to be in the word so that you can be courageous. Because here's what the Bible does. It tells you who you really are. It doesn't tell you that you're just a cipher or a number or just another random person living a random life that doesn't matter. The Bible tells you that you don't have to try harder to get friends or to find purpose or to get famous. The Bible tells you that you have value and worth in who you are because God has ascribed value to you. He has made you in his image. And he is calling you to receive a better name than simply being an influencer or a good leader or a, a successful person. He wants you to accept a new name, which is that he is calling you to be his son or his daughter. God knows your name. He knows your story. And he's inviting you to spend time in his words so you can find out who he has called you to be. A lot of us don't spend time in God's word because we think that it has no power. Oh, we know intellectually that it has power, but we don't believe it in our heart because our entire life is aimed towards saying, I don't need God. I want to get strong enough or rich enough or powerful enough or successful enough that I don't need him anymore. But when we're in the word, we realize how desperately we need him. Because we're made to be known by God. And the way that we know him is through his word. So I just want to put this out there. Jesus was someone who loved spending time in God's word. And Jesus, when he combated the devil, you know what he used? He used God's word. In fact, he used the book of Leviticus. Friends, I don't spend a lot of time in Leviticus in my quiet time. I don't know if anybody else is with me here. Like just even hearing the word Leviticus, you're like, okay, I just like, I just click off. Like I can't. But when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, guess what he used over and over to defeat Satan's schemes? He said, man shall not live by bread alone. That's out of Leviticus 17. Jesus memorized the book of Leviticus because he saw value in God's word. And in God's word, he could find courage because God told him who he really was. So if you don't do anything else this year, my encouragement for you is to be in God's word. The second thing I want you to consider is not just be in God's word, but let God's word be in you. If you want to be strong and courageous... It's not who you are, but it's who you're with. If you look with me in the text, this is what God says about being strong and courageous. He goes on to say this in verse 9. God says, haven't I commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. You find the greatest promise of the Bible, which is that God says, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to go with you. Joshua. Don't be afraid because I'm going to be with you. We just studied that at Christmas. That God fulfilled this promise 
by sending Jesus. His name is Emmanuel, which means God is with us. But I want you to hear this, if you don't hear anything else, is that God has given you more understanding on Jesus' goodness than Joshua ever did. And this promise of being with you is so much greater than what Joshua was able to experience. Because even though Joshua was able to have courage to take the people into the promised land, even though Joshua was able to have courage to walk through the Jordan River on dry land, just like Moses did, even though Joshua was able to have courage at one point to tell the sun to stop and not continue to set because they're in the middle of a battle, even though he's able to do that, you have more access and more understanding about who God is because Joshua only had five books of the Bible and you have all 66. And in it, you see God's very nature revealed that God is not just simply God who's willing to be with us from a distance, but he's willing to be with us within us. Man, it's incredible. You know, Jesus, when he was here, he said this, and it always blows my mind. Jesus said, it is better for me to go back to the Father after his resurrection. It's better for me to go than to be here with you. I don't, I don't know if I believe that, right? Because I'm like, you know what would be really cool? Is if Jesus was our senior pastor, right? If he was preaching Kairos, that would be cool. Because he could like heal people. He could like do miracles. Like he could like feed us all with a couple uh, like Ritz crackers. Like he could just like take care of everything, right? That would be awesome. But Jesus said, it's better that I go. Why? Because the Holy Spirit will come. And he's going to come, and he's going to not just be with you, but he's going to be inside of you. God himself will come and have community with you. See, God is a God of community. He loves relationships. And he wants to come be in community with you. Because what gives us courage is community. Community with God and community with other people. And when God comes and resides within us, it gives us incredible confidence to live out the life that he's called us to be, to live out his calling to be his sons and daughters, to live courageously. And God wants that for you. He wants to not just be with you, he wants to be in you. So what does that mean for us as Kairos? Well, one of the best things we can be as a community is to be people who live this out with each other, who encourage each other to live in the word, and let the word be within us. To give each other courage because we say we're willing to walk with you. Just like Jesus walks with us, we want to walk with you. And the only way you can do that is if you become known. If you say, I want to be with you guys. I want to be with you and be your friend. Be known, not just an attender, but someone who belongs here. So my invitation to you this year is to do two things. One, to be in the word, be passionate for Jesus, and to be with believers. To lock in with people and say, man, I want to walk with you. I want to link arms with you. Why? Because then you can find great courage. And you can live the life that God's called you to be. And who he wants you uh, to influence and change and dream with and transform. So tonight, we're going to have a moment of just 120 seconds. This is what we do at the end of our, of our message. Uh, and, and I think one of the most courageous things you can do this year is to choose community. 
Um, a lot of us as Americans, we live Lone Ranger Christianity, right? We just, we just live uh, just us and God. We just, we, just, we just pray and we go to church and then we leave and we feel like something is lacking over and over again. And my invitation to you is to not let this year be like that. One of my words that I have for our ministry this year is the word community. I want us to be a place where we feel like we know each other, where we're family, where we love one another well. That we want to be a place where you just don't come, but you belong. Where you look and you say, man, I've met some of the greatest friends in my life there. They challenged me to be more like Jesus. That they're not just a social club, but it's people who are just pursuing after Jesus' name and renown. So the word I want you to consider tonight as we take this time of reflection is will you choose courage by choosing community? When you choose community, you find courage because you look at others and you say, listen, we can do this together. My hope is that you will say yes. I'll join a group. I'll go hang out after Kairos. I'll come to Kairos. Why? Because when I do, I can take a leap into the great unknown because I'm not doing it by myself. When you do that, you get a chance to change both yourself and your friends into the very image of Jesus. I'm going to just pray over us. As we kick off this year, I think this is going to be one of the very best years we've ever had at Kairos. And as we do, I just want to ask God's blessing over us. God, would you give us an unusual season at Kairos? A season where we sense your presence. As we gather every week, that you would just meet us here. That your spirit would be thick in this place that we would long for your name and your renown to be in our life. And God, I, I, I know that's not something we can manufacture. It's something you, you need to do. So God, would you create something that we don't have a word for here? Would you create a sense of community and oneness? Would you give us courage to be in your word and let your word reside within us? Would you give us courage to, to not just attend, but to belong? And would you give us courage to let your light shine brightly in our life. Because it's all for you. Now, Jesus, as we take this moment of reflection, would you speak to our hearts? Would your voice speak to our hearts that we would hear you? Call us into something 